What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I am your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are recapping the NBA action from Friday, November 4th, 2022, a 12-game slate, so making up for that two-game slate that I had the day prior. But nonetheless, we love NBA action, and we had a little bit of everything. We had some really tight games down the stretch, buzzer beater over in Phoenix, you had blowouts in Washington, a game against between rather Charlotte and Memphis. Had some players go head to head, DeMar DeRozan, Jason Tatum. You saw a little bit of everything, even some history over with Milwaukee. And that's just so great about the NBA right now, man. There's so much going on, so many great teams, so many great matchups. You you're never disappointed. Any given night could be historic. And today we're going to cover all those games that took place. Game number one for the 12-game slate on Friday. Busy Friday, getting into a busy Saturday and Sunday schedule, especially Monday. All 30 teams are in action Monday. NBA is in full swing, man. I love it. First game, Cleveland versus Detroit. This game was easily taken by the Cavaliers, who were without Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, their all-star, potentially all-NBA backcourt. When you look at how great Mitchell has been, how great the team is doing, we all understand Darius Garland is a walking double-double at this point. Team's going to be really good. 112-88, to Cleveland took care of this one easily without their two stars. And, again, it was something that Coach J.B. Bickerstaff stressed. Yeah, they have two dudes that can get you 30 on any given night, but when you have the depth that Cleveland has, excuse me, that was my oven going off, about to bake some sweet potatoes. Um, when you look at a guy like Jerry Allen with 23.7 boards, four blocks, excuse me, two blocks on the evening. Karis LeVert, 15. Evan Mobley, 11, eight rebounds, eight blocks, which is a career high, an incredible feat to have eight blocks in the game. And you look at Kevin Love off the bench with 21, 10 assists, eight boards, could have had a triple-double, chose not to in order to have the young guys get more minutes in the fourth quarter. That's a veteran thing to do, veteran leadership. A true hallmark for a team that, despite people not maybe thinking of them as title contenders, 7-1, and one, seven games in a row with the win streak, they should be 8-0, and oh, just like the Bucks are. If Darius Garland had not gotten injured in that first game with Toronto, they'd be 8-0 and oh as well. But we all understand Darius Garland got hurt. And besides that game, man, Cleveland has been rolling. They look like a team to reckon with in the Eastern Conference. May end up with a top three, top four seed. When the trade initially happened for Donovan Mitchell, I remember I was like, ooh, is this going to, is it going to work? Two small guards 
Yes, they have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in the paint. Very switchable in terms of what they can do, especially with Evan Mobley. He can get out in garden space. But, man, so far so good. Um, The trade looked like it was potentially the best move of the offseason by any team. And Cleveland's going to reap the benefits of having an all-star caliber guard in Donovan Mitchell in his prime. Or really, maybe not even in his prime right now. How old is he? 25, 26? Still got years to go at this high level. All-NBA for sure this year if he keeps up the pace that he's on. It's going to be great to see what Cleveland could do throughout the year, come postseason time. Who knows? Make it to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since LeBron was there. That would be a feat. For Detroit side, 18 points for Sadiq Bay, 19 for Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey with 18, 11 for Isaiah Livers. This was just uh, outclassing. When you look at the talent between Detroit and Cleveland, they're on two different trajectories right now, which if you said that two years ago, you'd be like, what? They're both at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. But credit to Kobe Altman, credit to Shelly B. Bickerstaff, the whole organization, for really getting some great moves done. Obviously, they did stuff like draft Darius Garland, draft Colin Sexton, who turned into, along with Larry Markman and a few other pieces, Donovan Mitchell, Getting Jared Allen with that initial swap for James Harden, however that whole thing came about, drafting Evan Mobley. And now they're in a position where they have potentially one of the brightest futures in the NBA outside of maybe a few teams like New Orleans, maybe Boston. But Cleveland's right up there in terms of young potential all-stars. You already have all-stars, but Evan Mobley in particular, eight blocks. Sky's the limit for him. Next game, the New York Knicks took on the Philadelphia 76ers. The Knicks were victorious in this one, winning 106-104. to The Knicks rally, come back from double-digit points down in the fourth quarter to take the lead. And beat the shorthanded 76ers, who were without James Harden. He's out for at least a month with a right foot injury. Joel Embiid, non-COVID illness. But if you have the lead, this goes to show just, despite how the stats may look, team stats, Philadelphia defends according to, statistically, pretty good. Top 10. But then giving up these type of points late... 32 points in the fourth quarter, that's not going to get it done. And when you look around the East, man, Milwaukee, Cleveland's on another level, Boston, who we're getting into shortly, they're, they're on the rise again. They, they sort of slumped a little bit. They're coming back. Some of these teams, man, passing them by. Philadelphia got to get it together sooner than later, man, to really get decent playoff seating. And this East is gauntlet, man, I'm telling you. They might have to face New York in the playoffs, and even if they have Embiid and Harden, I'm not sure if Philadelphia gets out of that playoff series the way they've been playing so far. Credit to Jalen Brunson. He had 23 points, 7 assists, 6 boards. R.J. Barrett stepping up 22 
8 of 16, 9 boards for him. Julius Randle of 17, 10 boards, 5 assists. Obi Toppin off the bench, 17 points, some huge threes by Obi Toppin. Getting into that rotation more due to his shooting, we all understand coming out of Dayton. He could hit the three, but he was more of a high flyer, sky walker type of dude. Cam Reddish also with 11 points. For Philly, 31 for Tyrese Maxey. Seven assists to go along with that. Tobias Harris with 23 and 9. Montrezl Harrell, 14. The Anthony Melton, 12. You're getting contributions, which is good. But the defense is what's holding them back. That's the only issue, really. Next game. The Indiana Pacers defeated the Miami Heat 101 to 99. And for Indiana, 4 and 5. They weren't expected to do much, but they're just under 500. Better record right now than Miami, who's 4 and 6. And when you look at this squad, the Pacers, surprisingly, the number 8 ranked offense when you look at points per game. This team can score 115.8 points per game, right above teams like Atlanta and Dallas, right under the Cavs that we mentioned before. This Indiana team, man, Buddy Heald, 25 points. Benedict Matherin, 23. Tyrese Halliburton, 22. I think this team is a fun team to watch. I, I saw them, I forget. They were playing the Wizards earlier in the week. It's a fun team to watch. You have Miles Turner in there. Shooting threes, blocking shots. A good young core with Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Chris Duarte, who got injured, unfortunately. He's going to miss, I believe it said three to six weeks. Uh, I think it was ankle. I have to double-check that. But again, Miles Turner, Jalen Smith, who they got from Phoenix. And Benedict Matherin, who, if they do decide to trade Buddy Heald and maybe get a pick or two out of that, or a veteran, Benedict can easily come into that starting lineup and give you 20-plus a night right now. Out of Arizona, a guy that can score, great in transition, spot up and shoot the three. One of the more poised guys that we've seen coming out the draft, at least in terms of scoring. And that's all you can really ask for with Indiana. For Miami, no Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero took the scoring load again. Almost another game-winning three, like he did against the Kings. This one he missed, but again, great scoring night for him. Bam Adebayo, 18-10. and 10. Maybe I haven't watched the Heat enough, but I swore Bam Adebayo was kind of like that dude. Like getting you like 25, like 9, and like 6, 7 assists. Maybe, maybe I haven't just watched the Heat enough. But I feel like he had more of an offensive impact, and maybe that was the perception. He still is an all-star. He'll probably make an all-star team again. Although, the East is getting better. Cleveland might have Evan Mobley as an all-star this year if he gets his stats up. So, who knows? He might not be an all-star this year. Next game, the Brooklyn Nets versus the Washington Wizards. Brooklyn took care of Washington in dramatic fashion. Or maybe undramatic, <laughs> unsuspenseful. 128 to 86, complete route. Uh, I was at this game, actually. I left uh, after the third quarter. I wasn't saying to watch that. It was it was, it was, was pretty bad after halftime. They sort of just ran away with it. Um, not much to say when there's a blowout of this magnitude. Um, Kevin Durant 
28 points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds. Uh, potentially the ankle breaker highlight of the year. It was in the first quarter he hit Daniel Gafford with a cross. And it, it left Gafford looking like he was gasping for air, man. Like, it looked bad. <laughs> it, it looked bad. There's there's no way you can, you can say it. it was clean. It's not like he stepped on his ankle, stepped on his shoe or nothing like that. It was it was a clean ankle breaker, probably one of the best of Kevin Durant's career. Uh, I went nuts when I saw it in live time. It was it was insane. Yeah, that was that was the highlight. That, that's all you got. Um, Utah Watanabe fourteen, Dennis Duke Jr. for eleven, Cam Thomas with seventeen, all around game for Brooklyn. For the Wizards, minimal scoring throughout. You had Beal of twenty, Porzingis with fourteen. Who started out the game hot, but I guess he cooled down. Uh, Kyle Kuzma with 19. One thing I will say about this game, uh, Kevin Durant, he played 33 minutes. If this was a closer game, he probably would have played closer to 40. And that's solely because, like, without Kyrie, he's their sole facilitator. Or their main one, at least. Plenty of times. He played the whole first quarter. Let's start that out. Uh, I, as I was watching, I was thinking, is he going to at some point be taking out the first? No, he's played the entire first, left from the se- in the second for I think like five or six minutes, then came back. But for Kevin Durant, man, I just kind of worry about if he has to play these high number of minutes. If they play a team like the Bucks or a, a, a tough team. Without Kyrie, taking a look at the schedule, next game is the Hornets. So that should be a, a winnable game for them. Asserting the Hornets kind of slumping right now without LaMelo Ball. But outside of that, you have Dallas coming up next for them after Charlotte. New York. And then the Clippers who hit or miss right now. Lakers hit or miss right now. So maybe this was actually a good stretch for Kyrie to get suspended because it's not the, the heavy hitters like earlier in the year when they faced the Pelicans, the Raptors, Grizz, Bucks, Mavericks again. Next game, the Boston Celtics took on the Chicago Bulls. And this one was won by Boston, 123 to 119. Boston moves to five and three on the season, while Chicago moves to five and five. This was a tight one down the stretch, man. Uh, sort of worrisome. Chicago could have won this one, especially after the game against Cleveland, where they they had it, man. Boston had it, and then they weren't able to finish down the stretch. Demar Derozan. 46 points, 13 and 23 from the field. Nikola Vucevic, 24 and 12. Zach Levine shipped in 16. For Boston, it was Jason Tatum, 36 points, 12 boards, 6 assists, 20 free throw attempts for 17 makes. He was getting to the line like DeMar DeRozan, who for DeRozan, he took 22. So that just showed the type of game this was. Lots of getting to the line. Jalen Brown was 16, but... Low-key, the savior for the Celtics, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, 25 points off the bench, four assists, 
9 of 10 from the field. When you look at Malcolm Brogdon, he's a guy that we saw initially in Milwaukee. He was a very nice complimentary piece to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Then he goes to Indiana, where he's putting up all-star type numbers for a not-so-good team. Now he's in Boston off the bench as a six-man. And what that allows is for Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, both of them even, to, to rest and know that they have a guy that is going to slow down pace at times. He's like the lone true point guard on this squad, despite people like having a Pritchard, Smart, Derek White. I think Derek White's probably the closest to being a pure point guard, even though Smart has his moments too. For Malcolm Brogdon, he's just a cerebral type of guy, a guy that can score in the mid-range from the post, from the three-point line as a guard, a guy that can get to the basket and give you 20 on any given night, which is kind of something that Boston has lacked for as far as I can see since Terry Rozier. I'm trying to think back, but I'm thinking Terry Rozier was kind of that last dude that they really had off the bench outside of maybe Gordon Hayward. That could give you legitimately 20 on any given night. And for Boston, they would have loved to have that last year. Currently, Brogdon is averaging 15 points per game, three assists, three rebounds. Perfect for a six-man role. And he'll probably get more minutes once the playoffs arrive, get more opportunities. And it'll be really interesting to see once Rob Williams gets back how he'll be able to work with Rob in the pick and roll. Joe alley-oops, that'll be fun to see. Next game, the Los Angeles Clippers take on the San Antonio Spurs. And in this one, the Clippers taking this one 113 to 106. Both teams have a 5 and 4 record. But Los Angeles winning their third straight game on the backs of Paul George with 32 points, 11 of 16, 4 of 6 shooting. No Kawhi Leonard again. This man. This man's a con artist. He gets paid millions of dollars, and he plays like every three weeks. Shout out to Kawhi Leonard, man. John Wall, 15-6 and six off the bench. Norman Powell, 13 as well off the bench. If it's just Zubak with 17, Morris with 11, Reggie Jackson with 14. For the Spurs, Jakob Potl only had four points, seven rebounds. Trey Jones had 18. Kendall, no, oh, I don't think Kendall Johnson. Keldon Johnson, 16, but it was Devin Vassell who really tried to do what he could off the bench. 29 points, a career high for Devin Vassell, 12 of 16, 4 of 5 from three-point range. He could do no wrong, but ultimately it wasn't enough. The Clippers and Paul George overpowered them. Sometimes that happens. Any given night in the NBA, man, you could lose. and Any given night, you can also get blown out. That was the case for the Hornets, who lost this one, 130-99. to The Hornets men found LaMelo Ball, found Miles Bridges. They just are a team with not enough firepower to really get things done. Also didn't help that they didn't have Gordon Hayward in the lineup. They fall to 3-6, and six, while the Grizzlies go to 6-3. and three. For Memphis, eight players scored in double figures. Santiago Aldama with 12, Dylan Brooks with 23, 
Stephen Adams with 13. Ja had a quiet night, 12 and 11. Desmond Bain with 19. Brandon Clark with 13. Tyus Jones with 11. David Roddy with 11. Can't ask for more than that. When you have eight guys in double figures, that means you're sharing the ball, playing unselfishly, no egos. That's a recipe for success in the NBA on any given night. And for a team that has championship aspirations, that's the type of Spurs-like mentality that we've seen work for them for so many years, getting to championship rounds. That the Grizzlies, they need to take, and they need to be able to channel that energy night in and night out, play unselfishly, and the wins will follow. Next game up, the Dallas Mavericks versus the Toronto Raptors. Dallas taking this one, one game vic- well, excuse me, one point victory, one eleven to one ten, five and three in the season for Dallas, while Toronto five and four. Despite a fifteen point lead entering the fourth by Dallas, Toronto made this a close one. They got the lead late, but ultimately, excuse me, they got the, the lead to two. Cut down to two late. But ultimately it was Dallas who held on. Luka Doncic, 35, 8 boards, 6 assists. Eighth straight game to start the season with 30 or more points. The first player to do that since Mr. 100 points himself, Wilt Chamberlain. Just incredible air to be in with Luka Doncic. The early season MVP front runner. Only reason why he's not the MVP front runner at this current point in time is because there's a guy named Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's the best player in the league right now. Team is the best in the league, undefeated. But Luka Doncic putting up video game type numbers this year. Spencer Dinwiddie tipped in 21 and seven. Dorian Finney-Smith, my guy, scored 11. Christian Wood, 13 off the bench. For Toronto, 18 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists for Pascal Siakam. OG Ananobi with 27. Big offensive night for him. Scotty with 11 points, 10 assists, 11 rebounds. I'm tired of these ESPN ads, man. I'm going to have to, have to talk with them. Get me mad. Um, Chris Boucher, 17, 9 boards, 15 for pressure to Chua. Close game. Toronto's going to be in lots of games like these throughout the season. Scrappy group. They just they just couldn't get it done late. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next game up. Another matter of fact, let me, let, me, let me go through real quick. Make sure all these ads are off. We're going to have a problem if this starts up again. All right. What if you were oh, no. Almost. Okay. Well. We'll get to this next game. New Orleans Pelicans versus Golden State Warriors. Sorry about that distraction. We're back. Let's go. Golden State losing again. 0-6 on the road. This is new territory for a Steve Kerr-led team with Steph, Draymond, and Clay active. Although this game they weren't active, but throughout the season, these guys are here. This is new for them to be losing like this in recent memory. We haven't seen it. New Orleans, 114-105. Steph did not play. They're missing four starters. Only real starter in the game for Golden State was Kevon Looney. 
It did give the young guys an opportunity to run. Jonathan Kaminga chipped in 18. Anthony Lamb, 16. Jordan Poole, 20 and 9. Moses Moody, 14. James Wiseman, only 5 and 6 with 17 minutes. For New Orleans, 26 points in Brandon Ingram's return from injury. Five assists, five boards, two blocks. This is probably what he'll maybe a little bit less points, maybe 24-ish, maybe a half a block, maybe a block a game. These are the stats that you can expect from Brandon Ingram all year long. Zion, 16 points. He had a crazy windmill dunk in transition. Got the crowd on his feet. 20 points for C.J. McCollum, 20 points for Larry Nance Jr. Again, seeing the depth on this team. Trey Murphy, Jose Alderado with 10 apiece. The depth on this team. The ability to score, the, the ability to defend. Something that they're working on with Willie Green in New Orleans. Watch out for New Orleans come postseason time. And for the Warriors, they need to watch themselves. They're not even in the play-in as of right now. I say give Steve Curry the benefit of the doubt. Give Steph Curry the benefit of the doubt. The Warriors the benefit of the doubt. We thought they would easily come in and repeat, but so far, hasn't been that way. And I'm wondering if that Draymond Green punch just sort of rattled the team early and maybe they haven't recovered from that. I'm, I'm not sure if that's a there's internal drama issues. We'll see as the season unfolds, but Interesting to see because all signs indicated that Golden State will be at the top of their game trying to go for another championship to repeat. So far, they do not look like the favorites to come out the West, let alone win the entire thing. However, a team that does look like they're ready to win the entire thing, the Milwaukee Bucks, 8-0 start, best record to start the season in franchise history who beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 115-102. Minnesota sliding, lost their last three games. Now at 4-5 and five record. Milwaukee, man, 26 points for Giannis, 11 assists, 14 boards, doing Giannis-type stuff. We all understand the monster that he is. Drew Holiday with 29, 8 boards, 6 assists. Grayson Allen with 10, Bobby Portis with 18, 8 boards, 5 assists, 2, love the passing. Marjan Bouchamp, the rookie, at a G League Ignite, if I'm not mistaken. 14.5 boards. Got a little bit of everything from the Milwaukee Bucks. Just a great overall team. Uh, they've had great team construction since even before they ended up winning the championship. But that year especially, I would always use them on 2K play now. Um, this is obviously before they, used, they won the championship because I wouldn't do that. But they were just a great team. They were built well. Uh, Chris Middleton, one of the best go-to clutch guys, at least in 2K. He was just that dude in the shot, silky smooth, just like in real life. I'll take Chris Middleton over a lot of guys to take the last shot. Just that dude. Can't wait to see him get back. But for Minnesota, Cat with 22 and 11. Anthony Edwards with 24. They just couldn't get it done against the best team in the league so far. Next game, the Portland Trailblazers, excuse me, they won against the Phoenix Suns, 108-106. And Portland, they had to fight for this one, man. No Damian Lillard, no Anthony Simon. They're two top guards, but Jeremy Grant, 
their acquisition this past offseason, the number one acquisition, 30 points, five assists, buzzer beater, game winner. Can't ask for more than that. If a second left, Jeremy Grant, Syracuse guy, by the way. Syracuse has greatness written all over it. Jeremy Grant hit the game-winning shot, a fadeaway at the buzzer with one second left to beat the Suns, who should have won this game by all accounts. Uh, granted, Portland made some shots down late, including the game winner, but Yusuf Nurkic put back to tie the game. Ultimately, hitting the game-winning shot was Jeremy Grant, but Booker with 25, DeAndre Ayton with 24, Chris Paul, seven assists, I mean, seven points, 11 assists. Mikhail Bridges with 12, 13 for Damian Lee. It was just a tough, gritty game. Both teams are now 6-2 and in the season. I'm wondering who will slide first, if any. I believe Portland will slide just because I, I trust Phoenix historically more over the last few years to be at the top in the West. While Portland, again, they have great players, man. They have Damon Lillard. They have Yusuf Nurkic. They have different guys. Shaden Sharp, 10 points for him. He's a guy. Drew Eubanks, Nasir Little, Kay Johnson, Keon Johnson, excuse me. I thought it was going to be Kendall Johnson, something like that. They have dudes on that team, man. They have dudes on the squad that can play. I just am a little hesitant to project their future uh, because I was wrong about Utah's future. And look at them, 7-3, and three, beating the Los Angeles Lakers. One more ad for the last game, of course. 130-116 to 116 victory. The Utah Jazz are better than the Los Angeles Lakers coming into the season. We couldn't say that. Well, we didn't think we'd be saying that, but when you have Lowry marketing the second coming of Dirk Nowitzki at this point. I mean, 27 third. Don't take that serious, please. <laughs> Don't take that serious. I'm just joking. Love Dirk. Uh, 27 and 13, four assists, a steal, a block. Down to 17, three of nine from the field. 18 for Kelly Olynyk. Mike Conley with 15 and 10. Jordan Carson with 20. 17 for Colin Sexton off the bench. It's a lot of scoring. A lot of guys that can do different things offensively, defensively. And Lakers were just outmatched despite Russell Westbrook with 26 points, six assists, looking like, I don't want to say prime Russell Westbrook, but a damn good version. And again, the formula for success was putting him on the bench. The Lakers did that. And now look, you have 9 of 14, 3 of 5 from Russell Westbrook from three-point range. I said that right. 3 of 5, 60% from Russell Westbrook, 5 of 5 from the line. His bench unit gives him life, man. I'm telling you, you got to keep him there. He'll win six man of the year if they get it together. LeBron, 17 points, 10 boards, 8 assists. Anthony Davis with 22 and 8, 2 blocks. But, again, they didn't have enough in the tank. Lakers just couldn't get it done. We know their offensive struggles are legitimate. So towards the bottom of the league offensively. Defensively, they're a little under middle of the pack. They have a lot to work on. But putting Russ Westbrook on the bench, probably the best thing they've done this season. And I wouldn't be surprised if they kept it like that going forward. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. 
or should have please rate five stars. Move us up on the algorithm. Like, share with family and friends. 12-game slate in the books. Friday, excuse me, Monday. Looking forward to that 15-game slate. Probably be a 45, 50-minute episode. Maybe an hour. An hour of talking by myself. That's fun. We're going to get some more guests over here sooner than later. But again, thank you so much for watching. And until next time, guys, take care.